Up next on your best bets, Johnny Strauser joins me to preview the 2021 PGA Tour season. Obviously, the wraparound season started in the fall, but now we're getting to some big-time fields, big-time tournaments coming up. We go over a six-pack of burning questions to help preview the season. We also talk about the tournament starting Thursday in Hawaii, the Tournament of Champions. Usually a top player wins this event. We review the top five players and who we like best of those five. We also give you some picks a little further down the board. And Johnny gives a mini rant on a NBC commentator, which is so obscure that I just love it. Um, so first, here is Swimming Into View. Welcome to another episode of Your Best Bets. In this episode, Johnny is joining me to discuss the 2021 PJ Tour season. It actually already started, but now that we're into the new calendar year, we're going to talk about a six-pack of burning questions. Uh, maybe I need to throw in like a sound effect for a, uh, a, uh, a segment right there, maybe. Um, anyways, Johnny, who is the czar of Detroit sports, thanks for coming back on. Well, thanks for having me again. Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners and Happy New Year to the 2021 PGA Tour season. Yeah, this is uh, this is kind of low-key one of my favorite weeks of the year because we got primetime golf and it's kind of the new, you know, new season and it's it's just kind of a fun, easy way to get back into golf. Before I get to that, I want I want you to kind of give us your update on on your thoughts on on the Pistons start of the season which I guess isn't, isn't unexpected based on how they're playing and, uh, and, and kind of where the Lions are, uh, you know, with moving on from Patricia and kind of where that organization's at real quick. Oh, my. Um, I have to think about these teams. The, the Pistons are, are kind of as expected. They're not going to win a lot of games, um, but they're playing a lot of their, their younger guys, a lot of the draft picks that they made this year. And, um, some of them have shown some early promise, but it's going to take a while, and they're going to lose games. What's kind of nice is to see them, you know, they're, they're be, they've been competitive in the first half into the third quarter and, and uh, you know, kind of as expected, fading off a little bit, and they've lost some games. But what I like seeing is the competitiveness, and, and uh, it seems these younger guys are pretty hungry to make a name for themselves. So, you know, I, I'm – just my my expectations are are virtually nothing, and they've they've exceeded those. And I'm looking to f- forward to see how they they progress throughout the season, and hopefully they'll be able to win some games eventually, and uh, um, you know, uh, not totally finish last, but we'll see. And as for the Lions, um, kind of glad the new era is starting. Um, it didn't really start great to begin with with uh, Bob Quinn um, fired Jim uh, Jim Caldwell hired Matt Patricia and Matt Patricia was an absolute dumpster fire of a of a head coach. Um, I think he's a good coordinator type guy, but 
really, really, really had a lot of bad uh, personal incidents with some players in the locker room on the practice field, and that really rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. So I'm very anxious to see uh, what they're doing. They just hired one of my former favorite players, Chris Spielman and Barry Sanders, to um, kind of help pick a uh, pick the front office as far as the football operations. So very, very, very anxious to see where they go with that and see if they can make a, a good quality hire and uh, for the general manager and then uh, work on the coach there. So again, it's it's the same thing where you know it seems like where it's it, bad season couple bad seasons, fire the coach, fire the general manager, start over. So I guess you got to be an eternal optimist to to be a Lions fan or just really, really crazy because sometimes I wonder why I do it, but hopefully this is going to be the new regime that uh, that takes over and, and maybe we can win one playoff game. <laughs> uh, it's probably some combination of both of being crazy and an optimist. Uh, you wonder why you put yourself through it. Uh, one question about the Lions is: Is Stafford going to be with this team next year? It, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind if he is, but if they can get value for him in a trade, you might as well just just move on because if you're going to get some assets back as far as draft picks and you're going to get his contract off the books, then do it. Quite honestly, and you would probably agree with this. He deserves way better than the Lions. I mean, this guy deserves to play yeah. in playoff games. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna make his his mistakes like like any you know maybe better than average quarterback. But this guy deserves to play in playoff games. I mean, I think if you put him in the right situation, not necessarily even in the perfect situation, but he could make just about any NFL team better. If I had to bet, which of course this is a betting podcast. I, I would probably bet that he will be a Lion next year, although it, it's probably at this point 50-50. It's just whether they want to go in a new direction quickly and whether you know you get the right assets offered in a trade. But he's going to always be one of my favorite players, but you know it might be just best to move on um, if given the right opportunity. Yeah, it's. I guess it depends on what's offered. If they're offered, a, you know, a first rounder and, and some nice pieces. I mean, this is a rebuilding team. It feels like. I, I used to joke with you. I, I used to call him Jay Cutler Jr. I, I think he's uh, for sure graduated past that point, and I think he's just a really good quarterback and a really trustworthy guy. And, and yeah, he really deserves better. And, and I know there's a lot of teams, including my team, that that I wouldn't mind if they made a move for for a guy like that. So we'll see what what they do with him and uh, kind of who who's going to end up running that team uh, here in the next few weeks. Um, let's let's get to the 2021 PGA Tour season, and obviously 2020 was really unique, based on um, you know COVID nineteen, uh, which you know, there was a stoppage right, I guess, right during the Players' Championship, one of the the, the biggest tournament on the PGA Tour season, uh, for non-majors at least. And, uh, you know, three months off, comes back in June, and it's it's a really different feel, but it worked, and it worked all the way through December. And, um, you know, there was some cases of, of COVID-19, but overall the PGA Tour did a really nice job, as we talked about before, of mm-hmm. managing that and 
now it looks like we got a full season, and uh, and, and there's even some tournaments where there's going to be uh, some fans. I know the uh, the waste management open there in Phoenix is going to have some fans, which I guess is no surprise considering that's sort of uh, party central um, as far as tournaments go. Um, so I, I'm excited. The, the major venues for 2021 are, are not my favorite. I think Torrey Pines is a little bit of a, a kind of a tired – uh, course as far as um, you kind of seen it before but I get it it's it's a big ballpark it can it can handle a major um, so we'll talk about the majors here as well um, so th- the first question I want to get to is um, there's a, a, few, a handful of stars that really had down 2020 seasons uh, you could talk about Tiger who just didn't play well I think his best finish was ninth in February um, and I, the, the, the stoppage and, and restart didn't help him at all. Uh, Brooks Kepko was, was injured. He came back, and he did have a couple decent events at the end of the season. And then, of course, Jordan Spieth, who is still mired in a, I guess, a three-year slump now, and it, it seems like we're getting maybe to the bottom, rock bottom of, of, of his career right now. Um, of those three guys, who's most likely to have a bounce-back season in 2021, you think? It, this is a good question here. I, I'm, I'm, I had to think about this one for a while because, like you said, those, the, the, all three guys really didn't didn't do that well, and it's like they all had potential to be, you know, best player in the world, and they were all at one point. I, I could see a case for all of them. I could see a case for none of them. I'm having to pick, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Jordan Spieth. I. I I mean, he, he showed some signs with some improved play. I don't think the play was overly consistent, but there there was some life there. And he's at some point, he's going to have to – I don't know if he's going to have to move on from Cameron McCormick, who's his, um, who's his swing coach. Something to get that uh, swing a little bit more consistent where he can get the ball in the fairways because he couldn't get it in the fairways, couldn't get it on the greens, and, and put it okay, but – you, you can't win consistently with smoke and mirrors on the PGA Tour. I mean, if you look at when he was was peak Jordan Spieth, you know, winning all those events, not only did he putt out of his mind, I mean, he made every seemingly 15, 20, 25-footer that he needed to make, but he got the ball in the fairway and he did hit his fair share of greens. And I, I don't think this bad play has broken him mentally yet. So... You know, I'm I, I'm thinking like you just said that he that he's hit rock bottom, so he's got to make a comeback, and that's my one prediction is I think he'll win this year. Um, I, I, I mean, other than I love it. Yeah, I I just I, I'm gonna have to say I mean he's I think he's too good of a player, and and he he's he's tough. He is a very streaky player as as we've we've seen, but. You know, it's got to flip at some point. He's going to have to tell himself that he's going to have to figure out where his faults are. He's going to have to swallow his pride a little bit and understand that uh, maybe maybe Cameron McCormick isn't the guy, and maybe he's got to make a change in caddy. You know, something like that. I mean, I, I hope he I hope he doesn't get rid of Michael Greller, but because I kind of like the dude. But but oh, I'm going to go with speed. That would be huge. That would be that would be pretty Greller's pretty one of the better caddies, I think. Right. he's really established himself 
Um, yeah. There's no doubt that would be that would be the best story. I mean, I guess you could always argue um, Tiger would be a better story, but but mm-hmm. Spieth with where he has fallen, I think he's outside the top seventy in the world. It's unbelievable. Um, and, and like you said, he he shows flashes. I, I think it was in Hilton Head this year. He, um, I want to say he was close to the first round lead, and I remember texting you. I'm like, "Is this it? Is this Spieth?" And and then the second round, then he falls off, and he does this thing where he'll make four or five birdies in a row, and then then he'll throw a double, and and then yep. he'll throw a double in three holes later, and then and then he's back to where he started, and he can never seem to sustain the momentum anymore. And it's it's not just it, it's it's mainly not finding fairways like you said, but every every part of his game's fallen off a little bit, and now it's it's in his head. I think he's lost confidence. Um, I, I think I think golf is better when he's around because um, as annoying as I thought he was when he first came on, I, I it's it's kind of it makes golf better when he's in it, he's in the mix, he's you know he's kind of he, he's vocal. You know I think he's good for the game. Um, my my pick for the most likely is is Brooks, um, and he is not my favorite guy. Um, I think he needs to focus more on golf and and less on on just. I mean, he's kind of become the villain a little bit, and mm-hmm. I, I think it started at the PGA when he called out DJ, and uh, which is a little crazy considering DJ's career record. I know his major record was questionable at that point, mm-hmm. but. Um, Brooks has kind of become the villain, and, and and some of it's really humorous with the stuff with Bryson and uh, the back and forth with him. But I, I think he needs to focus a little bit more on the golf. And we did see some some decent play at the end of the season. I think he's healthier. And uh, I, I know we also joke that we only pick him in majors. I, I think I think he's going to win a regular event um, at some point. I don't, I'm not I can't really pinpoint where it would be a good spot for him. But I think he makes a little bit of a comeback. And he's also a guy. He's fallen, I think, to 12th in the world. And he's going to keep falling back because all those good events from 2018 are going to start falling off. They're going to um, start falling off, Based off the, off, yeah. the, 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 the two-year cycle. Uh, because, the la- I mean, there was not very many good finishes in 2020. And even the second half of 2019, there weren't a ton of good finishes. And so those good finishes are going to start coming off. And he's going to keep dropping. Um, so I, I still like him to make a little bit of a comeback. Um I think he's got the moxie, and now I think he just he's got to kind of you know tighten his focus a little bit. Um, next question: Who's the one guy, maybe that is not a household name to every you know kind of just regular sports fans, not hardcore golf fans like you and I, but one guy outside of the top thirty right now in the rankings who could potentially be in the top ten by the end of twenty twenty one. This is a good question, especially for for this type of show because, you know, you you kind of find these diamonds in the rough, and and we've done that before. I mean, we spotted you know Justin Thomas, and and there's been other guys in the past that you and I have discussed and everything like that. Um, one guy who I, I think's ready to take that next leap, and the way you're going to get from the top outside the top thirty into the top ten is you're either going to win a major or you're going to probably have to win two or three events at least. Um, we're probably looking at the, the multiple wins. Um, I'm going to say uh, Joaquin Neiman. Um, I think he was 45th in the world. He's won once already, but just just the one time. Uh, good young player, uh, good ball striker, solid, solid golfer. 
Um, I, I think he's ready to take that next step and and win probably you know maybe a big, bigger event or win multiple times and I could see him having a um, a good good couple of months there and getting close to that top ten. That's the one guy, and and I know he's been lurking. And when he turned pro, he was the number one ranked amateur. So he had kind of a decorated career before that. But you know, these guys, it it takes a little while to to learn that uh, how to be on tour on a week to week basis, and he's adjusted to it. But I think it's this this last season was uh, was pretty good. I mean, wouldn't you think that uh, that you could see him winning a couple times? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he. Really, there was one playoff event, uh, the one in uh, the one where Rom and DJ had the epic playoff. Where it uh, looked for a while he he was going to win, and uh, he he really is a good ball striker, and he seems to be making the right strides uh, in his career. So yeah, I, I actually he was one of my four that I kind of looked at. I I, I kind of had a criteria of this for this question. I was looking at younger guys that play a lot, um, and he's obviously falls in that category. And I was also looking at guys that played really well in 2020 where those points are going to, you know, not fall off their record. Um, so I kind of – one's kind of a – it's kind of a uh, – I don't know. It's not a real uh, kind of out-of-nowhere out pick. But it's Scotty Shuffler. He's ranked 32nd. Yeah. Um, I think he's – I mean, I think he's phenomenal. He's a birdie machine. Um, I think he's, he's – due to win this year i could easily see him getting a win in a lot of top tens where he just you know he just compiles those finishes and, and he moves up by the end of the year the other guy is the um uh corn ferry tour darling of 2020 will zalatoris and yep. uh i think he's in the 70s so it's going to take a lot for him but it, it all it takes is a win and a, you know a lot of top 15s top 20s um kind of the victor hovland route who you know it took him um, a little while to win, but he had, I mean, basically finished his top 20 every week and those points just kind of pile up. Uh, so those are the two that I picked. Um, I think both could easily win and, uh, I think both are going to have good years. Yep. I, I um, definitely agree. And those guys are good to look at on a week to week basis on PJ tour events. When you're, when you're scrolling through the odds and you see that they've got some pretty good, uh, pretty good odds on them, they're, they're worth generally worth a little bit of money to throw a, a bet on either a win or a top 10 because um, they're all capable of, of you know winning on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I mean, Scheffler shot 59 last year in a playoff event. I mean, he's he can go really low. He, you know, he was right there at the PGA. So he's, I, you know, he's kind of got that Dustin Johnson type mentality where it's kind of like he kind of lets stuff roll off his back if, if some tough mm-hmm. things happen out there. I kind of like that about him too. Um, which which guy that has not won a major is most likely to win a major in twenty twenty one? I'll I'll, I'll bring up. I'll, I'll go first on this one. Okay. I, I I got three names down here, and they're probably three obvious ones. Um, and and then I'll go a fourth one as well. That's a little bit off the radar. Um, John Rahm and Xander Schauffele, I think, are the top two as far as who are the best players in the world right now that haven't won a major and, and playing the best golf. I think those two guys are easy to pinpoint. Um, and and I, I think Mark and I talked about Rom. What's, you know, it, the, the farther this goes with him not winning a major, is it going to be tougher 
to carry and more pressure. And I, I do agree. He just made an equipment change this week to Callaway. Mm-hmm. Um, be interesting to see if that's going to kind of maybe set him back, maybe take him a little time this year, because he's going to be the obvious choice to win the U.S. Open at uh, Torrey Pines. I mean, mm-hmm. just that he he won he won his first event there. He's you know he's a good fit for that course, so he's he's gonna he's gonna be the obvious favorite, assuming he plays halfway decent going into that event. Xander's a guy that's always there. He's consistent and he's won I think four or five times in his career, um, and he's just kind of always in the mix at least one or two majors it feels like. And then Fleetwood's kind of that guy where. I think everyone wants, as far as European players in America, everyone kind of wants to see him, you know, at least win a tournament. But I could also see him making a major his first his first win, uh, PJ Tour win as well. Um, when he goes, when he gets hot, he gets as hot as anyone. Uh, and he when he gets those irons dialed in, he he could be pretty tough. So those are those are my three. I'll be interested to hear if you got any that match up with that. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down uh, John Rahm. I mean, he's he's my pick right now to win at Torrey. Um, Xander's a great pick. Top five, top ten machine in major championships. I do think that Tommy Fleetwood, if he can get that putter going early in the summer, I could see him winning at Royal St. George in the Open Championship this year. Um, it might be one of those things that where he wins one or two events you know, uh, PGA Tour events, and one of them is going to be an Open Championship. You know, um, but I could see that. Um, the the other uh, the the two I well maybe three the two I've got I'm going to mention here um, are the the two uh, young darlings here, Matthew Wolf and, and Vic Hovland. Um, I mean, they they seem to have the game to do it, and they they've. Uh, they, they've contended and, and they seem to be able to play any any kind of golf course and I I like especially how their their uh, attitude is on the golf course and I, I think that as they play more of these majors here they seem to have that uh, you know aggressive mindset but they let the the bad shots kind of roll off and, and don't get overly frustrated with with uh, with bad breaks and whatnot so I could uh, I, I definitely think those two guys, could win one. Um, another guy I want to mention has has Rory McIlroy ever won a major? I mean, it. I, I don't um, remember. It's been if it has, it's been a while. So I mean, is yeah, is, yeah. is 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 he gonna win one in the next couple of years? I mean, it, it seems like he's got. I don't know. Just he he had a good season last year, but it was by my expectations and probably by his, it, it just didn't seem as good as it probably was on paper. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he wasn't great after the restart. He really wasn't. I, I don't, he, he didn't really even contend for a win. Um, I mean, he, he does qualify for, for my next question, which is which major winner past major winner is most likely to win one in 2021. So I, I don't think either one of us are super high on Rory winning. I, I did kind of, I guess I did kind of half pick him for the Masters, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. With, with Mark uh, in our last discussion, um, I just think he's got to win a Masters. He he, I just want to see him free it a little bit more on Thursday and, and not, yeah. not dig dig himself a hole. Um, my answer to this one though is most likely to win one in twenty twenty one is Justin Thomas. Um, I. 
you know, I think I think I said in our very first podcast with Tim that when he's he might just be the best player in the world as far as consistency. Now, of course, just Dustin Johnson just went nuts after that um, at the Masters, and he's been nuts since I guess August. But uh, JT just wins a heck of a lot, and it's not discussed a lot. Um, but he wins a lot, and the percentages are going to start aligning, kind of like they did for Dustin, which is he's going to start getting more of these majors. And I'd like to see him in contention a little bit more than he has been. Um, but I, I could see him winning the Masters. I could see him winning the PGA at Kiowa. Um, there's no reason why he couldn't contend at Torrey. And, uh, you know, the Open might be a little bit of a different animal at this point in his career. But um, I'll take JT to win one of those first three. Yeah, I I had two guys written down. He was one of them. Um, so I'm kind of glad you, you brought him up there. Him, it just seems like he's got that one poor putting day where his putting, his worst putting day is a little bit worse than a guy like, you know, Xander or, or Dustin Johnson or, or somebody like that, or a guy who I'm going to say, and it's probably, you know, not a surprise to anybody is, is Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I mean, the, he's a golf nerd who's 100% dedicated to the game of golf. There's there's nothing but golf with him. And I think as he proved he proved at Wingfoot at the United States Open that he can he can play his game and win on a golf course that's not set up for the type of game that he plays. I mean, bombing it, hitting driver on every hole is not how you win the United States Open. And he is the defending US Open champion. So he he can figure out a way to play a game, play, play the golf course with with the type of game that he's got. And he's a guy that I think you've got to have some sort of wager on just about every event. I mean, if you see he's not playing well coming in, you know, maybe not. But, I mean, at Kiowa Island where the PGA is, Torrey Pines, um, he's going to win at Augusta um, probably sooner rather than later. So, you know, he, he may not be the most likable to, to a lot of people, but I mean, the, the results are there. And I think what he did at the U S open is lapping the field on a golf course. That's, you know, set up to defeat a guy like Bryson is a really underrated and remarkable story. He's easily the most polarizing player uh, mm-hmm. we, we have right now. It, it, the game is more interesting with him involved. Um, we'll talk about Bryson a little bit more in one of my following questions. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got a great chance to win a major this year again. Um, I think he'll be in the mix a lot. Uh, when when he drives it the way he does, and if he makes putts, it, it's almost irrelevant what he does with his irons um, as kind of like – Kind of what we saw what he did in Detroit when he didn't didn't hit his irons great and he still won. Um, mm-hmm. The obvious answer here is as well it could be could be DJ. I mean he could bag two more this year. You kind of see this a lot. You saw this with Rory. You saw this with Spieth. And you saw it with Brooks. As guys kind of win their majors in clusters um, and maybe most of them in two three year span. And we know he won the the U.S. Open in 2016, but but maybe this is the start of a little run for him. Um, I, I'm going to talk about his finishes when we get to get to the tournament of champions preview. But he's he's e- easily equipped to 
win any of these majors coming up. Um, it's so e- easy to predict these guys that are at the, at the top, you know, the rankings, but, I mean, they're the guys that are always in the mix. They're always contending. So that's why you hear us talking about JT, Bryson, DJ. Um, so can't wait to see. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, in these bigger events like this, you know, we talk about the majors and everything. You gotta, you just gotta bet chalk on these, and and you've gotta look at the favorites, and you know, they're, they're, the payoffs aren't as good. But I mean, these are the guys who win these events, and if it's a one-off, I mean, you you almost have to find them during the event and live bet them because it's it's so hard to predict pre-tournament. You know, a guy that's even in in the in the top, you know, eleven through twenty or twenty-five range that's gonna win an event, a big-time event like that. I'm going to talk about that strategy as well coming up. Uh, this might be my favorite question. Uh, who has the most wins in the, the 2020? So basically this ne- this decade. Um, hmm. You go ahead You go ahead first. Just, Me first? Yeah. I want to hear oh, what you have. man. Okay. I'm going to uh, – I mean, hopefully anybody listening to this is, you know, knows here. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys you could pick. There is. But – if I had to, if I had to guess most, this is just most most victories in in this decade here. I'm going uh, Colin Marikawa, um, just a phenomenal iron player. He's he's uh, good off the tee as well, getting better off the tee. His his one one weakness in college was um, was putting was the short game, but he gets by. Um, he's going to have off weeks, and he's probably going to have stretches where. You're not gonna think he's gonna win because you've got to you got to put that all together just to win a regular season season tour event. But I mean, he's he's gonna be known, you know, probably as one of the best ball strikers, best iron players, you know, this this entire decade, you know, and and who knows how however long you measure that success for. But I mean, he's already one of the premier ball strikers these days and guys who can hit greens in regulation, the strokes gained approach is what we've talked about on the previous podcast. Those guys are going to have long careers on the PGA tour. And I think Kalamari Kawa is a guy who is just going to, he, he's going to, you know, work on his weaknesses as he's done and he's already won a major championship. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty significant right there. He was one of the guys that I had on my list. I, I wrote seven names down. I'm, not, I'm only going to talk about one or two. Uh, Morikawa was on there. Um, to me, it's it's one of two guys. It's it's Justin Thomas or John Rahm. Um, and and t- if I had to pick one, I would pick JT. Um, like I said, he's already got 13 wins. He's only, I think he's just turned 27. Um, so if you're talking about the next, uh, basically until 2029, and we'll check in on this uh, in 2029, um, follow up on this. <laughs> um, but you're, you're talking about him averaging about uh, almost three wins a year uh, since he's come on tour, maybe a little less than that, maybe two and a half or so. Um, but to me, his his the number of victories he has, he's he's a little ahead of Dustin Johnson where he's at. And uh, I, I just think as, as you want to talk about iron play, you're talking, I, I think, the best iron player in the world, uh, just ahead of Morikawa, JT. Um, we mentioned the putting, but, man, when he's, when he's putting well, he's on. Um, he's, he's 
pretty near unbeatable, and uh, he's got a lot of creativity around the greens. He's his short game's really tightened up, and uh, and he also gives a shit, and that that means a lot. I mean, he, he when yeah. he goes out there, he wants to win, and uh, uh, so I I could easily see him winning, you know, having two wins a year for the next ten years. Um, I think he's going to end up with over thirty wins in his in his career, and see how many majors he gets, but. I think Rom's right there too, and I also had you know Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf. I put Rory down, but I think Rory's interests are a little bit um, uh, diverted these days with him having kids and, and that. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I, I don't think he's as focused as he used to be. I think, I think he's going to be one of the more interesting guys to watch the next five years and see uh, see what happens with his career. Yeah, Latin. I think you see a resurgence with him though. I think once he. Once he figures out this personal life thing, um, you know, once he manages, you know, the the child and the wife and the, all that stuff, he's Rory will be back. It's just, you know, I think it's going to be a little while until that happens. I can't wait till your wife hears you say managing the wife. That should, I mean, that should go over really well for you. I think <laughs> we can edit that out, right? <laughs> Yeah, we'll edit that. Um, last question: um, What do we expect from Bryson and DJ in twenty twenty one? Who are, were probably the two best players, two of the three best players. Uh, what's your What's your expectation for those guys? I know you talked a little bit about Bryson earlier. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll take Bryson first here. Um, like I, he can win, he can win a lot of these events. I mean, like like I said, he. His game fits. He's he's proven he's smart enough to figure out his game anywhere, and it's just whether he can he he can get everything clicking. And you know sometimes he runs a little bit hot with with uh, with things, and and is you know his game struggles here. But I predict for for Bryson uh, uh, three wins and a major this coming year. Um, I think he'll win multiple times. I mean he could maybe win more than that, but I mean that that'd be a pretty good season there. Uh, with the major, I think uh, I think DJ is going to be very very similar. I think he's going to win a few times, and as we've said before, you know when DJ's on a heater, when that when that guy's playing well, I mean you just you just ride ride that as long as you can because there 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 ain't no heater in in professional golf that you know better than a DJ heater. So if he can get it going, um, you know get some good play there you know, three wins at least. And, and, you know, he's going to contend or be a factor in every, I think every single major, um, that he plays in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bryson, I, so I, it's easy, it's easy to make fun of him. I mean, he says some crazy stuff. I mean, wants to live until he's 130. I think that's what he said. Um, you know, talking about how many protein shakes he drinks, um, I mean, and then all the stuff with the rulings this year. I mean, it's it's almost every round there's something that yep. is going on on Twitter about Bryson, and I love it. I can't get enough of it. Um, but he doesn't get enough credit for going all in on changing his body. He was already a top 10 player, and he put in – changing his whole life to try to become the best. I think he gives gets a little – needs to have a little credit for – uh, the transformation that he's he's you know putting himself through and just the dedication um, and it and it, it paid off like you said he won the U.S. Open going away he won another tournament he was in the mix for the PGA as well um, so 
it's worked, and he's going to win at least uh, probably a couple times this year as well. A ton of these courses just suit him, including this one that we're going to talk about coming up. Um, and and DJ, I think you're just you're going to get, you know, based based off of what we've seen, just similar results as the last five years. He's going to win a couple times. Um, he'll be in the mix for a major. Will he get another one? I hope so. Um, I, I I really. Th- hope his career accomplishments as far as far as major victories line up with his talent which i think he needs to get to at least four just to kind of uh put a stamp on his historical relevance in the game um so i think both those guys are gonna have great years um and i i can't wait to see it um 2021 is gonna be pretty good i think and uh we'll see from a, a betting standpoint if we can benefit and it starts this week, and we have the Century Tournament of Champions. <clears throat> this is out in Hawaii at the Plantation Course. This is traditionally a usually a birdie fest. Um, I know last year the scoring was a little bit lower. Um, I think it was around 14 under, but usually it's under uh, 20 under or lower. I, even Spieth got to 30 under in 2016. Um, you also see a lot of a lot of the better players went here. In fact, since 2015, you've seen Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas twice, including last year, DJ and Xander. So this field is a usually a winner's-only field, um, but this year they expanded a little bit based off of you know the situation last year. So I think there's 42 players this week. And uh, like I say, you usually see a, a, a top name win this. It's a par 73. Um, if it gets windy, you might see a, the scoring go down a little bit, but there's, you know, five par fives. Um, there's a couple short par fours that are reachable. Um, this is where we saw DJ hit the, uh, isn't Brandel Chambly called the, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest shot, shot ever hit in golf, in right? Golf history. Right. Right. I mean, you find like, it on Twitter. I mean, it's a good shot. It, it's, it's not a bad shot, but my God, it's a, it's I mean, a great shot. It's a 425-yard par four, and he hits it to six inches. Yeah, but, I mean, great. Okay, never mind. I don't want to talk about but Okay. We don't need to debate uh, that tonight. No, but we could. Um, so this this course, though, is uh, really wide fairways. It, it, it plays 7,600 yards, but doesn't really play that with the elevation. Um Huge greens. Uh, it's Bermuda, but it, they're usually kind of slower. Um, so I think you've seen guys like like JT and DJ play well here, as they can be pretty aggressive with their putting. Um, yeah, and usually favors longer hitters as well. Um, so off the top, um, there's kind of a top four as far as uh, favorites go, um, and it's some of the guys that we obviously were just talking about. Um, the favorite is Dustin Johnson, obviously. He's at plus 650, uh, JT at plus 700, and I'm going off DraftKings Sportsbook here. Um, you might find a, just a slightly different price at other sportsbooks. Uh, John Rahm at plus 800, and Xander at plus 1,000. I'm sorry, I meant top five guys. Xander at plus 1,000, and Bryson at plus 1,150. Then you got a separation to the next group. Uh, Johnny, of those first five guys, is there anyone that you find – to be the best value more than the other? Well, all five of them have marginal value 
um, those are pretty short odds um, in in those top five. But it is a short, uh, smaller field. So, um, and and usually these guys kind of separate themselves. One guy I'm gonna point out is is Xander Shoffley. Um, should have won the event last year. I mean, there's there's no reason he shouldn't have won it in regulation uh, this past year here. Um, I think he's had uh, he won it in 2019, um, so he's had some pretty good success on it. And you you got to drive the ball well. He can drive the ball well, and you've got to hit. You be a little bit creative because of the wins. Um, he can do that. I mean, he's a good iron player, pretty good wedge player, um, can make putts. I do like that. Um, the value wise though, that's about it. Because if you think about it, um, you know, just real quick here, let's say you've got a $50 budget for your pre-tournament winners and Dustin Johnson, you said was plus 650. Well, let's say you put a $10 bet on him and you put a $10 bet on, on guys outside of the, the, the top five there. So you've got, you know, $50 invested. Dustin Johnson right now is going to win you $65 and, to me, I mean, you're basically only profiting, you know, what, 15 bucks or something like that. So you've got to really be careful when you take those short odds, guys. I mean, yeah, they're going to win, but it's it's basically you've got to bet multiple guys as winners in a PGA event um, because you're not going to walk away with much if you find those those short odds guys. So I could see all five of those guys winning the event. I like the most, though, I do like Xander at plus 1,000. Um, is, is there any that, that jump out at you there? Um, I mean, I, I, I really like JT at this event. I mean, he's won two of the last four. Um, of course, the odds are so short. I think we talked about this at Mayakoba when he played. I, I probably wait to see what he does in round one, hope. Hope he shoots a little bit lower number to drop him back and, and lie bet him when his odds drop. Um, yes. Something I think is interesting is is Bryson being behind Xander, and I'm sure it's because of course history and how well Xander's played here, and Bryson's never really flashed at this course. But um, Bryson was just plus a thousand to win the Masters in November, <laughs> and he's plus eleven fifty in this field. I, I just think that's really interesting, um, and we know. As we just talked about, this guy is he's golf twenty four seven, and we know kind of DJ has been he's kind of taken a victory lap after the Masters and deservedly so. We've been seeing him party it up. JT is probably kind of in form based on mm-hmm. you know the father son event just a couple yep. of weeks ago. You know, Rom's going through the equipment change, so I, pr- I won't touch him. Xander's coming off of COVID. Um, uh, I just read it's true. He he's said he's feeling fatigued. I, th- I I expect him, you know, to be back. But it is his first event, you know, post COVID. So I actually like Bryson the best of the five based on the number. And um, like I said, it's 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 kind of crazy to me that he was just the favorite at the Masters, and now he's he's the fifth guy in line in this event. So at plus eleven fifty, with his uh, man, with how far he's hitting the ball, there's a couple uh, par fours he can get to take advantage of the par fives in Bryson's terms this might be a par 69 for him right <laughs> in his terms yes yes he didn't he call Augusta National a par 68 par 68 so, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. I think he's probably thinking the same there a par 68 or 70 at uh, right. uh at Kapalua here right um I can't wait to watch him on 18 
by the way, where, where some of the longest drives in PGA Tour history have been hit. Um, uh, I, I, I just looked this up today. Uh, Tiger hit one in 02 that went 495 yards on 18. Um, and, and 18, for those that don't know, it's a severe downhill par 5. It play, The yardage is, I think it's like 670, but guys routinely hit it over 400 yards in that hole. Um, I can't wait to see how far Bryson hits it on 18. Uh, I hope it's downwind. It should be, yes. I actually did uh, speak to my source there, Mark Rolfing, and who, who drives me nuts with the with the Hawaii stuff. He's like obsessively arrogant about knowing everything about Hawaii, and that has bugged me for probably 20, 25 years. Maybe it hasn't for you or anybody else, but no. it drives me nuts how he just talks about how he just – Hawaii, he knows everything that's ever happened and every little bit of the history there. Anyways, sorry. Um, I just had to get that out there. That's just really bothered me for 20 years. I respect the Mark uh, Rolfing rant, and for those that don't know, he's been an NBC commentator for a while, and he's he loves Hawaii, lives in Hawaii. Um, and it really gets to Johnny, and I, I love it because it's so obscure, and that's why I like it. Um, uh, so kind of after that first five, there's a little bit of separation in the odds. you got Cantley, Reed, Webb, Hovland, Hideki, and Finau, kind of the next few there. Um, Morikawa and Berger, those are guys that are all between plus 18 and plus 3,000. Um, is there a name there that jumps out at you that you really like? Well, I've uh, I've actually uh, today I already placed a small bet on uh, Victor Hovland. Um, I, I think he kind of fits that you know he's that that, that goofy kind of laid back dude there and and seems to be able to play um, any type of golf course and and I think that uh, he's got some pretty good value at plus two thousand. The other guy I I, I keemed, seem to keep looking at is Patrick Reed. Um, he's won the event before. Uh, always seems to play really well. Lost in the playoff this last year. Um, seems to come out of the blocks this time of year playing well. I will be betting uh, him at plus 1,800. I don't know about a ton. His game doesn't necessarily fit um, Kapalua, but seems to play it well. So I think that course history um, you know, really favors, favors him as a, as a valuable pick for this week. Um, yeah, Hovland coming off the win, and he's, I think we said this earlier, he's just always in the top 10, 15. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he could, could kind of piece together another run at a victory. I, I was looking at Webb at plus 1,800. Um, he kind of cooled off at the, after the, he was really hot after the restart last, mm-hmm. uh, last summer, kind of cooled off, but, um. You know, the only thing that concerns me is the, is his length off the tee. One of the better wedge players in the game. Um, maybe he can he can, you know, make some birdies that way here. Um, I don't. I'm not in love with it. And then the other guy would be Morikawa at plus twenty five hundred. And that's just that's just based off of um, kind of what you talked about earlier with him is uh, a phenomenal iron player. And uh, I think it's only a second a second event here. That's the only thing that I would I would put a little pause too but um i i don't really love any of these guys to be honest with you like i'm not usually this is my favorite range um but i if if anything i'd probably go down to scotty scheffler plus 3500 yeah um 
uh, based on the number. I mean, if, if I had to pick Scheffler at plus 35 or Webb at plus 18, I mean, is, is Webb twice as likely to win more than, than Scotty? I, I don't I don't think no, so. No, not um, this week, no. Right. So that's, that's kind of where you're just starting to look for a number that makes sense. Um, and then for me, I... I've, I've looked at this board a lot today, and I don't know why he's playing, because he never plays this early, but Adam Scott at, at plus 5,500. Um, he sort of, you know, fits with the ball striking narrative. You never know how he's going to putt, and uh, who knows? I don't know why he's showing up this early. Normally he doesn't start a season until at least February. Um, but that's that's a good number for him. The other guy I like, Johnny, is is Mark Leishman at plus 9,000 for a guy that mm-hmm. uh, his scoring average matches up really well with some of the best players that, at this tournament. Um, and I usually don't do not do top five, top tens, but top five for Leishman's plus 1,100. Um, that's pretty interesting to me for a guy that has played this place really well. Um, if he gets windy, he plays well in the wind. Yep. Um, so I might take a shot at him. Yeah. Go ahead. The, these guys, I was just gonna say these these Australian players are really good to play this time of year because this is their summer um, when they've always you know, when they've grown up is is this is like approaching the start of their summer and normally I mean in a non COVID year they you know a lot of these guys like Scott and Leishman have played in the Australian Masters the Australian PGA um, and the Australian Open which are all within like a month in uh, between November and December. So these guys usually come into form different this year, but I think the the Aussies have tend to have a pretty strong early start to the season here, and um, that Mark Leishman top five bet and and maybe a little bit on the win, um, you know, looked really really good to me because he hasn't struck the ball really really well towards the end of last season, but you know I, I don't think the putting has totally left him, and I think if he just starts. If he just has a good week here, you know, you know, look out, he could end up finishing pretty high. Sergio at plus sixty six hundred. I just saw him, but I mean, oh, I'm sorry, he's at plus eight thousand. I mean, do you ever really feel that good about him these days? I know he did win in the fall. Um, I don't know if he's really ever flashed at this tournament, though. Um, I, I don't think so either. I mean, but. Yeah, he hasn't played in it the last five years, so yeah. I'm not sure if he hasn't qualified for it or just chosen hasn't chosen to play in it. But again, you look at that top five though, plus plus a thousand. You know, if he contends on Sunday, you know, he's at least got a got a chance there. But he's one of those enigmatic guys where it's like, do you really bet him? I mean, do you really want to put your hard earned money on Sergio Garcia to to trust him to win an event, and then he goes out and wins? You know. The the Anderson Farm Tournament. It's like, wait, what? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was totally an out of nowhere win. Um, and we had a couple of those in the fall. Um, I, there's one more bet on DraftKings I want to explain to people, and I, I normally do this one bet for every event, and it, it's it's called the straight forecast, and it is it's basically predicting the top two. It's incredibly hard to pick the top one in golf tournaments, as we've discussed on this podcast. So picking the top two is, it's you almost have better odds of, you know, playing the lottery. But there is some uh, value in trying it this week because we talked about how 
top heavy this event has become with with you know the highest ranked guys the best players winning and contending i mean if you look at last year's tournament it was a coin flip between uh justin thomas patrick reed and xander shoffley and those are three of the best players in the world um but you can get insane odds for predicting the top two like for instance if you pick uh, dj jt one two it's plus seven thousand um it, it it gives you a lot of combinations on DraftKings as far as, as guys that could win and then finish second. Um, and it, the odds range from plus 7,000 to plus 15,000. For fun, you should put a buck on that just to take a shot. Um, and you never know, it might work out. So I'm going to do that as well. You had some uh, you had some matchup, tournament matchup bets you liked? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I enjoy listening to the NFL one and how you, you guys do the, the parlay of the week. And I don't obviously uh, do the, the NFL shows, but I, I wanted to come up with one because we usually just pick the winners, top fives and, and whatnot. So I'm going to, I'm going to end on, on my parlay of, of the week here. This is the, uh, the tournament matchup. So it's the four round tournament matchups. It's not individual day matchups um, on DraftKings. Um, like, like we're going with, I'm going to pick matchup of uh, Mark Leishman, Minus one thirty six over Stuart Sink. Uh, yes, Stuart Sink is playing in the event, and then um, pairing that up with Xander Shoffley minus one fifty six uh, versus Hideki Matsuyama. Um, that's a little bit more difficult because Hideki's got a little bit of, a little bit of course record. But you you parlay parlay those two together, you got plus one eighty four odds. So ten dollar bet would would win you eighteen dollars and forty cents. What was the, what was the first one over Stuart Sink? Who it's Le- Leishman Leishman minus one thirty six versus Stuart Sink. Okay. Okay. And Xander minus one fifty six versus Hideki. All right. So Leishman. And again, this is tournament matchups, not round one matchups. Right. There's you could play round round matchups, which are fun to do. We do those. You you yeah. know you and I do those all the time. You kind of see who's playing well and everything, and you can get a you know one day payoff. But these are four round matchups. I just finish. And this is this is a no cut event for for anyone that, that wasn't aware of. So this will everyone will play four rounds. Um, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll make sure that I, I follow up and put that on Instagram and uh, some of our other picks. So we'll have to follow Xander and Leishman for that. Um, anything else about this tournament, the the, the tournament champions, Johnny? Nope. Uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty typical event, like weather wise, how it uh, normally plays with the wind. So. Um, you know, looks like it's going to be a big hitters event. So, um, factor that in when you're, when you're looking at, at guys there and, uh, best of luck to anybody, uh, placing bets and, and, uh, um, tailing ours. Yep. And, uh, like we said, if, if there's anyone you like really high at the top and you're not wanting to pull the trigger at the odds, give it a day, give it a round. Um, there's a chance that they're not going to come out firing and, uh, their odds might drop a little bit. And you could go super low at this course. You, you're going to see, especially with all the par fives, a lot of 65s this week, which is going to be, I think, pretty routine. Normally is, uh, so you know, take a chance there. Um, you know, maybe maybe someone you love that's you know like a Justin Thomas, but want to wait like we talked about. Um, yeah. So there's there's some there's some deep names at the bottom we didn't get to. I, I don't think any either one of us find value there. Um, so we'll see how this pans out, and uh, should be an exciting 21. Good kickoff, uh, primetime golf, 
and it uh, should be kind of fun to, to monitor this Sunday night when we got some NFL playoff games, uh, uh, which will include my Chicago Bears, so I'll be watching that as well. Maybe do a, a two-TV situation here in my, uh, ba- my basement. Uh, should be a good Sunday. Uh, Johnny, thanks again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, having me on again, and uh, looking forward to getting this uh, 2021 betting season off to a good start. Once again, follow us on Instagram, Your Best Bet Pod. See a couple of posts this week with our picks. Follow our stories. Um, appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back this week with an NFL show. And uh, next week, uh, Mark Benneke will be joining me for the Sony Open. Uh, so tune in then. And uh, have a good week, everyone. Thanks again.